Episode 148 of The Loaded Couch. Tacos and beer. Norman feed his deets. Oi! Land hates Microsoft. More Lego news. or Lego games. Questions from listeners. And beer. Beer. Which plant seed should this bullet poop? Ferns. Ferns. The manhood flying out of my mouth. (laughs) Reach in at your own risk. This This is The Loaded Couch. stripper snoring she's lying on my bed all right and we're back episode 148 of the loaded couch i'm scotch hound and celtic fox and let's just roll right into our beer match uh pigeon peg leg is out sick this evening so uh we are we had a homework beer of smutty nose in um kind of i don't want to say remembrance because we're not done yet but kind of in uh homage say? homage yeah. i guess homage to, uh, to their brewery nose, brewery man. yeah uh, for those Exactly. For those that didn't catch it last episode, they're going up, hopefully for auction, to be saved. If not, it sounds like they may have to shut the doors. Right. Boo. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So what are you drinking this week? Uh, Trying to finish off one of the well-preserved jugs yeah. from my birthday. Uh, <laughs> how's, that, how's that working? It's actually still got some head. Nice. And, uh, great flavor uh, i'm drinking the homegrown lager from victory brewing they're uh, it's their new american lager and they're out of downingtown pa and the color is mason jar golden and uh 4.8 percent alcohol all right uh myself i'm drinking a 90 minute ipa from dog fish head brewery and it's an ipa out of milton delaware uh brown bottle and nine percent alcohol uh, one of my favorites, just a note. All right, in beer news, uh, Taco Bell has announced uh, the rollout of its very own beer, the Beach Bell. Uh, the brew will be a Mexican-style amber lager uh, that was created in conjunction with Four Sons Brewing, a craft brewer located in Huntington Beach, California. Does uh, it come with like a, like a dollar discount? Or what, what was I going to say? The, um, the $5 box. I wonder if they <laughs> have some. It's a form of a six-pack deal. You think they'll make an $8 box? It'd <laughs> be $5 for the box and then another 3 bucks for the beer? Yeah. <laughs> give, give Corona a run. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, so the beer will be hitting the tap at Taco Bell's Cantina Store, uh, the millennial-friendly minimalist setup uh, that slings booze and burritos underneath cool Edison uh, light bulbs. So this is like a like millennial, hipsterish like. In the in the now cool Taco Bell store, I've never heard of this. I'm right. interested to see what it looks like. Um, yeah, it's. I'm I'm wondering what kind of. I guess they'd have to um get a liquor license and everything. That and I'm kind of thinking maybe they should like start rolling this out to more Taco Bells. Give them a little bit more of a. Uh, you know what? It it almost sounds like it was their local push to try and compete with the style of like Chipotle. Okay. You know, because they have like that kind of like industrial, you sure. know, look and stuff like that. And maybe this was their push, but they got to put a little more meat in their burritos, you know, <laughs> to make it competitive. <laughs> Decent meat, like local stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right. Anyway, it says, however, Taco Bell enthusiasts living outside of Southern California won't be served because only the Taco Bell Cantina in Newport Beach gets the brew service. Yeah. Like you said, it's probably attached in some way to a, uh, a liquor license for the county. Right, right. Uh, another thing that I read in kind of beer news, I don't know, I don't know if you saw this or not, uh, Disneyland is um, going to be uh, getting a 
brewery. I did see this. In yes, I forget the, the name. Amusement park. Uh, who was it again? They partnered with a brewery. Yeah, oh, I can't remember the name of the brewery right now. I'll have to look. I'll let you was, know. Was Long Trail or no? I'm trying to. No, no, it was something Brothers or, or uh, I thought it was something like that. Um, but uh, they're going to be opening up uh, um, a restaurant, I think, to go along with it. Yep. Um, and I'm interested in. I'm, I'd be I, the nice thing I think that they're doing is uh, they're staying with. I think it's a local brewery. Yes. Yep. Um, so it's, it's cool that they're kind of sticking with that. I'm wondering if Disney world will end up doing something similar. I mean, I know that they, uh, they have the different beer options at like Epcot and some of the restaurants in Disney world. Uh, I I think they have some beers at the Magic Kingdom, if I'm not mistaken, in yeah. specific restaurants. So I, I was going to ask you, because I, I know you went a little more recently than when I had gone, but I, I did read that Disney World, also down in Florida there, was going to start, I think, uh, selling more beer at the vendor carts. So like what you're talking about is at the restaurant level and also like around Epcot, like, you know, the countries and stuff like that. Of course, you have like beer selections, but I think... They mentioned something about like you know the carts where you can get the ice cream pops and the water bottles and stuff. Right. I th- I think they were going to start carrying one or two beer types at those, and I'm assuming it's going to be like a Miller Lite or Coors Light type of thing. But yeah, I'd totally be down for like a a restaurant at Disney World that like incorporated a local microbrew. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, they, uh, it was Ballast Point Brewing. Ballast Point. There you go. Right, and um. <laughs> One of my be... favorites, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think they noted that it's going to be located in the downtown Disney district of Disneyland. So it's going to be in California again. Anaheim. I got you. So like in the, the downtown's like the more adult themed area. Right, right. But it will be Disney themed, I think. My understanding okay. is from it. Uh, okay. I don't know if they're going to, like, I think that they are going to do Disney specific brews for that bar. Okay. That was my understanding. I, I could be gotcha. wrong. And if you guys are li- listeners and stuff like that, let me know if I am wrong. That was kind of how I understood the, uh, the, the, um, the story that I read about the news. Okay. Anyway, all right. Um, that's a quick one for the beer. So, Calc, thoughts on your beer? Uh, it's a yay. Um, actually, I remember, like, at my birthday party, when you guys surprised me and stuff with it, I, for some reason, like, getting it right out of the keg, it's got that hoppiness. Mm-hmm. It's got the those hops, whatever. Uh, maybe that is part of, you know, the, the new American lager style. Right. To flash it with some hops there at the last minute. Maybe it was a little you know, more and... carbonated? Um, a little bit more that, well, you know. It was definitely more carbonated, but for whatever reason, like, the, I, this is probably my fourth or fifth time having this now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely a yay. It, it's got that hoppy flavor, but it does not taste IPA like I originally thought it did. Okay. Um, and yeah, that's pretty, funny because I think we we all said that when we originally had it out of the tap, we thought it was an IPA. We thought, yeah, we thought it was very, very like citrusy, very you know, very hoppy IPA. And, right. And it, no, it's the the more you get like acquainted to it and used to it, I could see this being a a very nice smooth uh, summer beer. Right. Um. Again, it's only four point eight percent, but it it's going down really smooth right now. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, my me my IPA. Yeah, speaking of um, the ninety-minute, it's it's fantastic. It's I love it. That's it. Yay for me. Like liking that IPA, huh? Yeah, yeah definitely. It's uh, I, for some reason I'm I'm a I really like the sixty-minute. Yeah, 
It is good, but for some reason, there's a, I don't know, there's a little extra flavor in the 90 that I don't know what it is. It's kind of, it's a little bit warmer to me. Uh, I think the 60 kind of has more of that, you know, cold beer kind of feel, like a, you know, like a lighter type of beer. But yeah, exactly. Where the 90 is just a little bit more, it's got a little bit more body, it's a little bit warmer kind of feeling, I don't know. And then, and then on the flip side of that, I think the 120 gets way too, I guess it's the term acidic, like way too burny. Yeah, um, yeah there's a lot to, of alcohol burn to it. Yeah. I mean, you can you still get those flavors, but I think it just gets heavily swung to overpowered with the... Yeah, uh, I think it hits you more in the burn. nose, mm-hmm. personally, yep. I think. Yep. Me personally. Uh, any food pairing with your, uh, your lager, your American lager? No, just another American lager. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, uh, let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back with Let's Talk Games. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you want to check us out, you can tweet us at The Loaded Couch on Twitter. You can also email us at theloadedcouch at gmail.com. Download our podcast on iTunes, leave a review, get us some votes. Also, contact us on Stitcher, and you can also find us on SoundCloud. All right, we're back with Let's. Let's talk. Talk. Games. Games. All right. Uh, let's, speaking of games, what did we play this past week? Go. All right. So let's see. I tried to mix it up this week. Um, I played some Sea of Thieves. Okay. Um, played a little more Sea of Thieves mm-hmm. and some more Sea of Thieves <laughs> uh, and a touch of Overwatch. <laughs> okay. Oh, you got it. You got some Overwatch in with the Flans Brothers? Uh, I did. Did. Got a little bit of that in. And I Were also... both brothers playing or just uh, Space Flans? Uh, both. Um, okay. Doom. We got a little catalysic, cataclysmic Doom action uh, that night, too. It was great. We actually. Uh, we had a pretty good system down. Although you uh, had to keep your language uh, neat and clean. Yeah, I got a little carried away with the language at, you know, like I think it was like quarter to midnight and there was still a, an eight-year-old awake or something like that. Yeah, okay. So, gotcha. uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so basically we played some Overwatch. Uh, again, I think we were doing pretty good as a team. We were uh, we won a couple matches. Um, and I also fired Overwatch up again yesterday mm. uh, for the listeners. Uh the Xbox One X Enhanced uh, update is out. So it is now 4K. It's not a 4K UI update, which was what the PS4 Pro got. This is the full-blown 4K. So both the UI and all the models and characters, environments, things like that are rendered in 4K. Um, Still maintains, I guess it's 60 frames per second. but like I was texting you guys, the the little lackluster thing that kind of hops out right away is the lack of the 4K texture update. Okay. And, and there's no HDR. So the HDR is not too big of a deal because it's very, it's still very vibrant, very colorful. That almost kind of like they, kind of like they, uh, what is it? Not overexposed it, but just um, they just added a little bit more vibrancy in the color. But the to me the textures really hop out. Uh, you, they've sharpened all the jag, all the jaggies, all the edges on all the characters and stuff like that. You don't see any more stair stepping on the edges. Okay. But you see stair stepping and some fuzzy blockiness on the actual artwork textures. 
So is it just like during move motion or is it always like if you stop and stare at the wall, it has it? If you stop and stare at stuff, you'll notice it uh, during the, you know, during the gameplay, it's, it's really not that noticeable, okay. but like on the loading screen and the, you know, the, you know, the character dance, all that type of stuff. If you look, um, I use Farah a lot and I use her, her one skin that's, she's dressed like an Indian. Yep. Uh, so some of the feather patterns and stuff like that, I can like see some of the the blocky texture and stuff. So it, it's just a little disappointing. Almost, I feel like you went from like blurry glasses to like okay, this is manageable and playable, and then they go and give you new glasses and sharpen it up, but everything still has like a bad paint job. On it. <laughs> so, so. I got you. So it was the blurred glasses to a LASIK, but they didn't fix the the image that you're looking at. Exactly. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. All right, well, myself, I played uh, some Sea of Thieves with you, uh, I, I think, and without you, but mostly with you, uh, <laughs> and we did play a whole crap ton. Um, I also played some Madden 17 with my son. Uh, he kicked my butt, to be honest with you. Uh, he's been watching a lot of, uh, I think it's Yo, Yo Boy Pizza. It's uh, okay. he, he likes, it, it's nice because he's, he's clean, like his language is clean. It's um, very hard to find nowadays. What's that? Yeah, seriously. And um, he ends up liking Jonas's favorite football team, so that just makes it a plus then too. So, uh, so I watched a bunch of that, but he's been watching a whole lot of it. So I think he's getting some ideas about how to pick plays or just to pick different plays. And he he's a pain in the ass. I don't know how he does it. I always uh, I don't know how you do it when you um, play Madden, but when you're on defense, what character do you pick typically? I typically pick. Well, I may be a little biased. I typically pick the the nose guard. Okay. Um, I used to play nose guard and I used to play middle linebacker. Yep. So I don't like to back in the old days, I used to use the middle linebacker, but if you blitz them or, or, or crash them in, you, you kind of break your defensive scheme that you've picked. Yeah. It leaves um, kind of the middle wide open, right? Exactly. So if someone picks up on that, they'll start doing some tight end crosses and things like that. But I typically use either the nose guard or one of the defensive tackles or defensive ends. All right, yeah, and myself, I always end up playing a lineman. Like yeah, the, yeah, 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 those are the linemen. Those yep. are, yeah, anyway, so it's like I take you typically one of those. He's always, again, in that um, uh, linebacker position. And I don't know if the majority of his picks for defense are uh, lining up two linebackers, but it's like I always see him, and he always runs a blitz every single play. It might not be a bit blitz play that he's selected, but his linebacker still comes in around the line and after me, my quarterback, like, immediately. But I try to I try to do screens on him, you know, just because I know he's leaving that middle open. But there's always that second linebacker that's there that gets a knockdown or an interception. So run run a lot more quick outs than like if um. So basically, instead of like bringing your tight end across the middle and dumping to him, but the second linebacker being there, um, try and line up like two wide receivers to a side maybe a little crisscross, but hit. you want to hit the receiver that goes like five yards up and out. Right. So basically, you're going to give yourself about two seconds. The minute he's already at his five-yard mark, he's throw the ball because he's going to cut out and you want the Maybe ball in the air. Yeah, you want the ball in the air while he's breaking out. Right, right. If you can get that down, that might buy you a couple like five to seven-yard plays and you just start doing that on him. I mean... It, it's tough when you're playing these little kids, like you said, because he's just going to blitz at every play. And he's completely unpredictable with like his p- play selections and stuff, too. It's like, even when I play defense, I try to stick to what 
the call, the play call that I made was. I try to mm-hmm. stick exactly to how the um the you know the different players are supposed to be you know moving and stuff like that. Even when I'm doing my linemen, I mean the linemen are pretty simple. All they're doing is you know rushing the you know the offense of the O line and then trying to get to the quarterback. Or you know, stopping the run. He doesn't. He never runs. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Enough of that. Uh, I also played some Ghost Recon Wildlands uh, with my nephew. It was. It's a lot of fun. We we have to get back into that. We do. We There's do. And I, I think you done. mentioned something about going after Predator too, right? Yeah, he did it. He finished him, and he's got oh, okay. like the mask and the ghillie suit, shoulders and everything on from it. It's 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 kind of funny. Oh, nice. All right. Um, let's jump right into gaming news. Uh, Sony news. Or did you want to discuss Sea of Thieves a little bit more? Uh, or do you want to wait? Let's just give a give a little like three minute overview if we can for people that haven't. All right, yeah, because we kind of went in depth last week, um, with understand or you know the understanding that we knew all about what the heck Sea of Thieves was. So yeah, yeah go ahead and give the listeners kind of a a rough draft example of all right, sales so pitch of what it is. If you're listening and you don't quite know what it is or what to expect, it's a first person adventure game. Uh, it's basically a pvp shared world experience uh you basically go to your merchants you select missions you go on your pirate ship you can sail the seas with your your friends you can sail solo uh so i will say solo two man or a four man um look for the you know on the beta they only had the one merchant the gold merchant now, can you, I mean, I know they say it's four man, but I mean, if you really were by yourself, cause like we had an, a, a situation where we got into this, um, we got in, we're getting our kind of supplies ready and stuff to take off. And there was a dude on our boat already just hanging out. Well, that, yeah. But... And he's like, Hey, what are you doing? And he just kind of started sailing with us. I mean, you're not going to get automatically. I mean, I, I guess unless you get killed, right. Then you'll automatically get kicked back to your boat. Yeah. So. I think what happened in that case was, like he said, he wrecked his boat and died. And he somehow managed to get back to the outpost. Right. Um, I don't know if it spawned him there and he just didn't. I didn't even look ourselves. Maybe or if he wrecked boat, the boat trying to maybe, dock at the outpost. I think his boat might have been on the other side of the outpost and he just like came to our boat, possibly. Okay. I don't know. But yeah, he, he should have had his own boat. But I'm um, saying in that situation, could we, if we, if you really, really wanted to, could you go and hop on somebody else's boat and sail with them if they let you? Yeah, you can. A lot of people are doing that. On Reddit, a lot of the pictures were people that just met other people and they were all friendly and drank grog together and had a party and went sailing. Of course, every boat we came across wanted to sink us. <laughs> yeah, oh. Seriously. <laughs> just a little annoying. Uh, yeah. So... Yeah, um, they are working on the four-man boats being able to uh, have a party of three because I guess there was quite the... There's a lot of parties of three, and they were match-made with a fourth player, and they didn't want to play with the fourth player, so they were kind of like voting them <laughs> into the brig, which is just <laughs> really unfortunate and unfair for for that person. Um, But yeah, I mean, back to it. You basically you sail around. Uh, I, I will... You know, say this, if you're expecting a game uh, that keeps you engaged, entertained, well, I won't say in- entertained because you're always entertained, at least I was. If you're looking to be engaged in a fight uh, every 15 to 30 seconds shooting somebody, uh, this isn't the game for you. Uh, you. You could definitely go 10, 15, 20 minutes without 
uh, fighting another person. You might fight, fight some skeletons or some other things that you encounter on your mission. But it's definitely not a uh, a twitch shooter or uh, you know like a Call of Duty or Titanfall or you know one of them type of games. Sure. This is this is this is a, an adult sandbox for everybody that wanted to to be a pirate or you know just those things that you kind of loved to do when you were a child. A lot of that came you know flowing back. Sure. As we were as we were sailing around. Again, there's supposedly there's quite a bit of stuff to come in the actual game. Um, but yeah, I would my biggest advice is if you're on the fence or you're, you know, head to their website, get some information. If you're interested in it, um, it will be coming to game pass. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later yeah, on. Yeah. And make sure you look up some videos, some gameplay videos, just to get an idea of, I mean, cause there is some, some sailing. Um, yep. and I know that that's like what Jim was saying last week was kind of boring to him. Just well, to I'm going to, I'm going to read like up that, on but... how to sail because obviously we suck at it. Yeah. We weren't um, doing something right. Yeah. Cause People were catching us. Which you wouldn't think would be possible, but... Mm. Anyway, yeah. all right. Uh, let's get into some Sony news then. Uh, PSVR appears to be updating the controllers. Uh, while the PSVR's current controllers are more of a wand design, uh, the controllers in their patent appear to be more reminiscent of a flight stick with a trigger at the top rear and an analog stick at the top center for your thumb. Yeah, so these, I guess they're the ones that are currently out are the ice cream cone ones, right? They're yes. basically the little wand with the, the glowy ball at the top. Right. And I know, I think it's like the Vive and a lot of the Microsoft Mixed Reality headsets that are out there. They all use the motion tracking with the ring, the lights on it. Yep. And they, they have the analog stick and the trigger on the underside. So it, it seems like, you know, the obvious move for Sony here. Yeah. So the um now with the with them control or saying that it's going to be a, like a flight stick, is this a hint that there's a possible VR flight sim coming? Uh, I don't know about that. I don't. I don't think there's a huge demand for flight ones. I think this is just more of like the analog thumbstick that we have on the Dual Shocks and the. Uh, well, yeah, the that's at the top. But then they said it's going to be kind of. It, I mean, even looking at the images down low and stuff like that, it does look like something you'd find in the cockpit of like a fighter jet. It it does. It does look like the top part of a flight stick, but maybe that's bad ergonomic design. I, I don't know. I mean, it's a little different, obviously, than like I was saying, the other the other wand controllers from all the other VR headsets. Right, right. But uh, all right. So yeah, this this, is, this looks cool though. Uh, this is a redesign that really takes into account uh, the way many players play VR games and the limitations imposed on them by the current Move controllers. Uh, in addition to the analog stick, uh, the rear and the rear trigger. Uh, the controller patent also states that these button or there are buttons surrounding the analog stick, uh, a light sensor, and microphone and hole for output sound. On the rear of the controller and the patent, there appears to be an optical sensor uh, for detecting the position of the middle ring and little fingers uh, of the user, suggesting that Sony is considering some form of hand tracking. And then the patent also describes something called a reaction force generator. Uh, it looks rather uh, than just, or yeah, however, looking rather than just vibrating against the user's hand, like current controllers do, the parts and controller held by the user will be able to expand and contract. The mm. patent states uh, these sections will press or push the palm by enlarging or reducing the diameter of the circular arc formed by the fingers. Uh, I gotcha, I gotcha. So adjustable grip, basically. Is it adjustable or is it for reasons that it's 
as you're holding it, it gets bigger or smaller. Like it's kind of like a force feedback kind of feeling. Well, if if that's the case, then my question is, where does the flashlight attach? <laughs> the flashlight, nice. Jackass. <laughs> I thought that's what you said. At first, I was like, no, he said flashlight. No, he totally said flashlight. And then I, I'm, 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 <laughs> All right. And one, la- one last thing before we go. Uh, remember we played the, we both got to try a little virtual reality at the Microsoft store. Yes. Um. What, what are your thoughts on, and I guess this is pretty common in a lot of VR games, is you don't technically move with like the thumbstick moving you actually have to point to where you want to go and pull a trigger to kind of yeah that was that one when we went into that building right yeah you kind of have to like teleport to where you want to go and i had read that's because it helps your mind understand that i'm at this point and i want to go to the next point and it kind of warps you to that location and it avoids the whole motion sickness thing hmm I was going to say, I was wondering if that maybe comes into where you'd have to actually physically move to do that. Because there's some of those movies, I think, what the hell was it? The um, Hack the Planet one. That, I can't remember what the hell the name of the movie was. Hackers? Yeah, I don't know if you... We kind of had that thing that he could run on, like a little treadmill kind of thing, or Lawnmower yeah. Man too. I think, had that too. They do make those. They have like these little stand-up octagon treadmills right you can kind of like strap in and run on and it simulates the running yeah and i was wondering if that would portray it into where you can move from room to room that way but that might move make it or help into that uh like you were saying that um motion sickness what do you think of uh trying to wear a vr headset on in the middle of the hurricane (laughs) my god no thanks (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I, I wasn't affected by it at all when we were actually playing, but yeah, with VR, that might be a totally different situation. <laughs> We'd have to get uh, Space Flan as a chum bucket. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Speaking of, yeah, you completely covered me that first try, you jerk. <laughs> For those listening, you can per- you can purposely throw up from drinking too much and see a thieves, and you can actually catch it in the bucket. That you typically use, use for bailing out the boat or the water that comes in your boat if you're starting to sink. Yeah, and you can you can throw it on enemies to blind them. Or your friends if they're standing right next to you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right, uh, moving on. Norman Reedus has given a few more tidbits about the theme uh, and topics about... Uh, sorry. Yeah, about the themes and topics about Death Stranding. I'm really excited for this game. Uh, Reedus was asked about Death Stranding during an interview, touching on the thematic points of Kojima's new game. Uh, quote, the concept is so mind-blowing uh, because it's not like kill everybody and win the game it's a connecting thing it's like the opposite end quote he explained uh quote it's so ahead of its time and there's elements of social media in it uh, and the idea is that so many games and so many parts of millennial culture are being um are being alone in a room and you lose contact physical contact with people Uh, this is after that and the reestablishing of that physical contact it's super super interesting end quote Hence the flashlight attachment for the new VR. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm so I'll say that like I'm very, very interested in this. I mean, there's a lot of exclusive IPs for PlayStation that I, I want to play. I wish I could play, I just don't have a PlayStation. Right. Um this being one of them coming out. But I'm starting to get a little concerned that this guy's gonna that Kojima is going to take this game so far into left field that it just might not click with people. 
I mean, I'm sure there's going to be people that are going to love it no matter what. Sure. But someone like myself that kind of is excited for it, looking for that, like, suspense and action, and maybe he's just going to, like, really push it into the whole social experiment thing, and I'm just not going to like it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Don't reinvent the wheel all the way, you know, maybe a little bit. Now I'm wondering it, it it's I'm I'm assuming it's going to be uh open world where you can yep. meet other people to be able to have this physical contact or is that just in the storytelling that he's talking I, about? I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's just very deep in depth uh narrative storytelling and and choice selection. Makes maybe you like feel like you need to get out of your house. I don't know. There's just so many unknowns and I'm real like I said I'm starting to get a little scared especially with comments like this like you know, again, I'm not saying I want it to be kill, 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 but by for him saying, oh, it's just totally opposite, and you like millennial culture and you, you know, physical contact. And I don't know. It's a little, little odd. Yeah. I don't know. All right. PS Plus games for February 2018. Uh, PS4 is Knack. And finally. Rhyme, and Rhyme. Yeah. I know. I have Knack already. I don't. Uh, there was two Knacks, wasn't there? Yeah, there's Knack 1, Knack 2. Yeah. yeah, I think I have the second one. I'll have to see. Knack, Paddywhack. Yeah, right. And then uh, Rhyme. Uh, Rhyme looks good. Rhyme looks real good. For PS3, it's uh, Spelunker HD and um, Mugen Souls Z. Do you still have your PS Plus account? or do you? Yes, no, I do. So that's why I was going to look to see if I have uh, Knack 2. Because uh, okay. I'll, I'll pick up Knack 1. Uh, no, I have Knack 1, I think. I didn't get Knack I don't know. Whatever. I'll let you know. All right. PS Vita. Uh, Exiles End and Grand Kingdom. Okay. All right. Uh, Microsoft News. Microsoft recently announced, and this is something that gets Calca extra horny, uh, all games from Microsoft Studios will be added to the game Xbox Game Pass subscription service at their launch, including the upcoming Sea of Thieves. And while that sounds like great news from uh, for gamers... Some real retailers are really unhappy about this announcement. Yeah, so just to like clarify a little further, uh, basically Xbox Game Pass is the nine ninety nine a month uh, deal where you get to. It, it's different than your Xbox Live Gold, but uh, it's a ten dollar a month service, and you get like over a hundred hundred games per month in a certain rotation. Uh, and they announced that all the first party. Uh, Microsoft Studio exclusives are available at launch day, and they will be, because this was a question they clarified, they will remain in the library permanently. So the game, the the exclusive games do not go on the rotation. They're there for good. Um, so that's, that, that's pretty exciting. Um, I actually signed on for this. Uh, I signed up the other day, and uh, I thought about returning my Sea of Thieves, and then, you know, switching, you know, just using this. But yep. I'm still on the fence on it because I do know I, we get those free skins. Uh, but oh, I may orders and all. Yeah, but I, I may reach out to their uh, Xbox support and see if I can get a refund for it. But right. uh, having signed up, I've already got, I think as of right now, I have 10 games from the library that I already downloaded. I did not download one of the two rally games that are on there. Um uh, which Rock. series? It's uh, WRC. Okay. And Dirt. And Dirt. Okay. Uh, and as of today, uh, then the new 
games for February came out. Uh, Halo Wars 2, and I'm drawing a blank on the other, and Rhyme that we just talked about for PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just downloaded Rhyme also so I could check it out. All right. So, yeah, it's pretty good value, honestly. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of, like, little indie games, and, you know, the Bioshock 1, 2, and Infinite are on there. Uh, I'm looking to maybe download those as well. There's, you definitely get your $10 worth, I can say that. Sure. All right, so essentially, uh, this is a quote, a sent quote. Essentially, it made our Xbox business worthless overnight, end quote, one UK retailer told the outlet. Uh, quote, uh, you've got the whole section sat there, and why would people buy a 12 to $15 secondhand game when they can just pay a tenner and get a massive catalog of titles to keep them going? End quote. So basically, this British game store company is saying you overnight, you pretty much wiped out all the value. Right, exactly. So... Uh, hey. Sorry, I mean, my, Microsoft's in a business too, you know? They, sure, they well, want to make money. They're not, I mean, I know they don't want to piss people off, but, you know, I think. Well, that's the thing I, I think they take into consideration um, is, you know, yeah, that's great for uh, the retailer and stuff, but, you know, Microsoft's not making any sales on that used game. They're not making any income whatsoever. Nor, nor are the game uh, publishers. So this, this is actually, it's almost as if Microsoft's gone to bat for the game developers and publishers, because I know we've talked about this many times, like here in the States, the a company like GameStop, they, they sell that game originally. And then people that trade it in one, they get a low ball cost to selling it back, but then GameStop makes their markup and their resale and $0 go to the publisher for that resale. So that the publisher is lost out on any new customers that experience that game sure where, where with the game pass i'd almost be willing to bet microsoft has to pay a licensing fee based on the number of subscribers that are purchasing that game so that's what I'm, i was gonna ask it's like are they gonna be making the same amount of money the developers and stuff uh, that they would have on just the I mean, you know, even getting into the digital um, in comparison to like the hard copy, but getting mm-hmm. into the the actual game sale themselves, are I, they going to be making the same so. amount of money? Yeah, I would think so. I don't, I don't think the price changes because of the medium. Uh, I think like the sell of a game is still the sell of a game. Um, I, I know I read something somewhere because the, this service is kind of going the way of like the Netflix and it opens up this whole new realm, you know, on top of the, the Microsoft exclusives, they're saying at what point are the third party games going to start opting into this? Because basically it's another, it's another Avenue for these game companies to get their game out there. Um, I think Netflix kind of like pays, they pay a certain cost or fee based on the number of traffic that, that like, um, goes into those movies well yeah because i was going to ask i mean is it does it come down on to a desirability of the games then and, and then you negotiate so say like an ea game they could technically for you know what they would have been selling a 60 dollars game for if the game's really 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 hyped and it looks like something that's going to go like gangbusters or like a sea of thieves because that's doing really good right now they could technically yeah. make a little bit more on their games than say uh, you know uh, another call of duty if there isn't as much hype behind it yeah, yeah, exactly. And and also it 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 might enable a hey, here's our game. We're going to put it out there 
And if it becomes a hit, it, it actually brings in a lot more money than they would have gotten if they set it at X dollars in a store shelf. You know what I mean? Okay, because more people are going to be playing it anyway. They're going to play it. They're going to taste it. And then they can turn around and give Microsoft the bill and say, you know, hey, 10 million people played this game versus 500,000 people bought it in the store. Mm. See, see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 a it's a easier access and a way to get um, the game out there for people to play. And then they were saying one last bit, and then I'll I'll let you wrap this up. They were saying it could open the door for also uh, them to be more willing to put games out there and then make their back end profits on the DLCs and stuff like that. Okay. Oh, I gotcha. Because you're not going to have that as an option on that subscription-based game play yes exactly like so the the dlc and the add-on stuff you get like at the the 20 percent discount if you're but again a game it's just still strange to me because then it's like you own the dlc stuff only but you don't own the game unless you keep up with your subscription payments or buy it out at the end oh yeah because that was the com the concept is they're saying that there's going to be a discount you know 10 15 20 percent discount on the game price if you really like it and want to buy it Yep, and then, I mean, there was a lot of really But again, cool... why would you buy it then if you can have it whenever you want? Maybe, yeah. if you, maybe from what my thought was is if you want to stop the subscription-based payments and you want to just have those games, I guess. And, and they were saying, too, it opened... I mean, I saw a lot of cool arguments and ideas, like, online with it. I mean, some people are saying, could you imagine if a, a publisher or developer started going episodic with some of the games? And the perfect example was, like, Telltale. So imagine this Telltale game comes out and it's season one it's part of game pass and they don't do season two until six months later or whenever be and they kind of like have people hanging there waiting but people get to play it as part of the game pass but maybe there's some sort of upsell like dlc or something that's offered so they can make a little extra cash hmm yeah it, it's it's kind yeah, of plenty of options, I guess. There plenty were. of options. I'm sure people's wheels are spinning on how they can maximize profits on sure. this thing. Now, uh, I'm assuming the companies or the publishers and stuff have to, like you had said, kind of buy into it and allow this uh, to happen. Yes. Prior yes. to, it's not just anything that's going to be released on Xbox is going to be available on this Game Pass. Yep. Yep. Right, okay. All right. Uh, few or one other quote was effectively overnight. Um, they've wiped massive value off our company and. Uh, made it not worth doing end quote yeah i think that i think that the gist of this argument was that uh i think was this the company that was this the company that i had read um was going to pull microsoft as a whole from their their shelves yeah they kind of mentioned that in the beginning and then they also said uh, later on that they're going to be um not stocking sea of thieves at all <laughs> see if thieves and uh they'd rather do business with sony which is uh interesting because sony might miss out on some some i guess third party uh games because i think a little further down we're going to talk about something to do with uh rumors of companies being acquired yeah no they uh the, the last thing um there's a different uh uk company um it said uh Game Pass will have effective uh, will have an effect on all first party titles," uh, so, um, said this other company. Uh, "Quote: uh, We have already told um, 
Xbox uh, UK distributor, but will not be stocking Sea of Thieves at all. And then he goes on to say, if Microsoft game lineups uh, were stronger, uh, if somebody big like Ubisoft started doing this, then yeah, that would be a cause for concern. Um, and then he uh, continues to say, so I'm not overly worried about it. Uh, it's just a trend. It's where things are going forward. Yeah, so that brings me into the comment I made. Like He says Ubisoft, but what if EA was a part of Game Pass? Yeah, I mean, because they already have that EA access and stuff that you can buy into. They and do, but let's go on to the next talk point. Sure, okay. Uh, so a rumor, speaking of uh, the next talking point, uh, currently doing the rounds suggests that Microsoft has considered acquiring EA, Valve, and the PUBG Corp. Yep. Uh, so, quote, a reliable source close to Microsoft, and uh, quote, told Polygon uh, the news with reports of, quote, internal shifts, and quote, at Microsoft, creating the necessary situation for an acquisition. Yeah, so hmm. there's some rumors going around. Uh, Microsoft breaking out the checkbook and like you kind of said yeah possibly so imagine if all of EA everything published and owned by EA was now part of Microsoft and they could pick and choose what was multi-platform and what was exclusive and what was part of Game Pass Um, now do you see them doing something like an EA because I mean from their past history i mean the game company that they bought and stuff typically had like one big game yeah so i was reading an article about this and i i would almost agree with some of the analysts that i think it has to be a titanic purchase i think it has to be like an ea or a ubisoft or a a valve um not so much a PUBG. then it just has one big game and that's it Exactly. The PUBG could be along the lines of like the Mo- the Mojang, you know. That's what I was for... going to say, like, yeah, the Minecraft. P- but but people were arguing and saying that they're hurting pretty bad on their exclusives and, and paying for just one exclusive is like a very, very small fix in, in like the big scheme of things. Sure. They... But I mean, come on, PUBG's not small in any way. Well, it's not, but it's very niche and it's very focused in one area where they're trying to like turn the whole ship into this games as a service with the Game Pass and now announcing the first party exclusives. They were saying making a Titanic purchase like EA, it just gives them a whole bunch of ammunition. Now, do you think if they pick up EA, they're going to have a bunch of uh, jump or people who jump ship? Not Microsoft, but EA themselves, and then start oh, yeah. their own thing I mean, on the I side. Think, I think that. Well, the companies themselves couldn't like leave because they're probably contracted, you know, to work with EA. Sure, but I'm saying a lot of like the the uh, the minds behind the games kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, you might get a, a a big you know shake up there. I mean, that's just kind of a common thing with buyouts. But yeah, I mean, if if you ever click on a link and look at the the list of EA published and owned IPs, it's it's insane. Sure. I mean, to, to think that I mean, Microsoft EA access gets you what? It gets you FIFA. Well, I mean, and that was another thought that that would go away and they would just merge all that into the Game Pass. Right. So, which is a nice thing because you're not paying the thirty dollars a year for that. You sure. Just, you know that cost is put right into the Game Pass. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's it's a crazy thing, and people people out there are saying no, it couldn't happen. It, it's Microsoft has so much money 
I was going to say, what kind of price tag do you think? How, how many zeros are going to be on this check? Well, they were saying it could be in the realm of 30, like $30 billion with a B. Yeah, would they pick up uh, Mojang for two? It was two or four. I forget. Okay. Um, they're talking 30 to 40 billion for EA. Um, there's some people that estimate Valve is worth around 5 billion. Okay. And I would think PUBG is probably. The, way, the fact that it just did like 700 million since launch, I would think that's like a billion dollar franchise to, to buy. Sure. Something uh, in that Mojang realm. Yeah, around there. But people need to understand like one of the breakdowns I read was Microsoft has 170 ish billion dollars in offshore money that they're now going to bring all that money back to the US and pay the one time penalty, which right. is, and that one time penalty. They said now sits around $40 billion less than it would have been last year because of the new changes. So they're saying like that $40 billion savings has to be spent in some, some aspect to depreciate for, for future taxing. Sure, sure. They're saying it's like the golden opportunity to like, hey, what are we going to buy with all this money we found in the couch cushions? You right, know, right. And on top of that, I mean, that's just the money offshore being brought in. They still have 720-something billion in market cap. Right. So, Well, that's Microsoft as a whole, not just the Xbox division of Microsoft. Exactly. But if if all the sayings that you hear from the CEOs and stuff where they, they really want Microsoft to have a full-blown game division because they see games as like the gateway drug to all the, you know, into the household and all the other things that Microsoft wants to do, I think when you're worth you know, $900 billion, it, you know, to write a check for $30 billion might not be that unrealistic. Sure. Yeah. All right. Also in uh, Microsoft buying things, uh, Microsoft has acquired back end cloud based service provider Playfab. Uh, the company announced that the acquisition will help Microsoft to build the Azure, uh, its current cloud service tool and will allow the extension into the larger gaming market across all platforms. All platforms as in every platform, or you're talking like PC and console? Uh, everything. I think this PlayFab has their hands in like tons of mobile games, um, you know, PC games, console games. It's. I know Microsoft's been making a big push. They bought like Havoc. I don't know if you, when you play a lot of games you ever see in the opening yep. credits, like the Havoc engine and stuff like that. They've been buying a lot of these companies that own tech for behind the scenes things, like, like the engines, the... You know the the artistic tools, the creation tools, because they get licensing off of that. So every time, you know, even PlayStation exclusives that use Havoc and these other game systems, uh, they have to pay the licensing fee and royalties to Microsoft. So I think Microsoft's making a really big push into gaming because it's billions and billions of dollars. Sure. All right. So uh, PlayFab pr uh, provides developers with already established backend services to power cloud-connected games. Uh, this allows developers to build and operate games without their own intelligent cloud infrastructure, as well as provide tools for monetizing, monetization. Sorry, and analyzing game data. Yeah, it's it's a cash flow. Uh, what kind know. of game data do you think they're gathering? Is it just like users, um, you know, or is it kind of because they're not like this isn't like internet uh, data uh, gathering. Uh it could be. I mean, it could be all kinds of data is juicy. I mean, data is people pay big money for data because yeah, they want to want to know people's habits, what what they did at this time, what they did at that time. That's uh, what I was wondering with the game data, like if it shows, you know, specifics as to a lot of people spend a lot of time here on this part of the map. 
like you know doing these types of things in comparison to over here this play this part of the map didn't get used at all type of you know that uh, kind of data it's hard to say i don't know how entrenched it is it, it could be that it could be that you know x amount of people only spend 40 minutes on the game and only get to this point and then they can go and you know take that data and correct things i got you they kind of they're done and they kind of give up at this point yeah hmm. all right uh nintendo news um and right back into my minecraft uh, xbox characters are finally coming to the switch and wii u versions of the game uh, the popular skin pack will bring a plethora of xbox exclusive character skins to the nintendo platforms including master chief banjo coltrane woo, and explosion man uh, and also heroes from the fable series and more yeah this is i mean i think this is another sign of the whole microsoft and nintendo have a really good relationship um yeah, this is cool. I mean, I think Nintendo people should get this, and I don't know, maybe I'm dumb to it. Is there is there any Nintendo characters in the Microsoft uh, Minecrafts yet? Uh, not that I've seen. Okay, be cool to get some. It's been a while since I've played, too, but... Yeah, maybe in the big Ultra Super Duper update, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> All right, Nintendo's latest console has already outsold the Wii U. And in less than a year, I think they said somewhere around 10 months, it's shipped over 14 million units since launch last March, compared to the Wii U's 13.5 million in its lifetime sales. Yeah, it's a hot little console. I mean, I would like to pick one up. Yeah. Uh, breaking news, Nintendo announced a new mobile app, March 2019 Mario Kart Tour. Yeah, so the night that we're recording this, uh, it seems like Nintendo went on a bunch of tweets and they announced, it uh, looks like the fiscal year of 2019, I guess the March 2019 fiscal year. Mm -hmm. uh, they're saying is when this would come. But I guess some things I saw online said that the fiscal year could run from March 2018 to March 2019. So in theory, I guess like it could come out anytime in that year. But I think it, it could be more towards the tail end. Now, you know, it's, I'm wondering how much Nintendo's behind these mobile app kind of releases? Like, how, well, much, how much investment they have into it? Because maybe it's just me. Maybe I can't focus. Maybe I have something that's going on and all. But I, I've kind of already lost interest in the um, <clears throat> the uh, Animal Crossing app. Well, I was going to say, maybe that's just because of the the fact that you have the Switch and you're invested that much into it. But, but I, I love don't. Animal Crossing regularly. Like I played it when I got like the new Leaf. I played it for like two, three years. Yeah, true, true. But I mean, someone like myself, I don't have a Switch yet. But and and again, I should be playing more of this Pocket Camp thing, but I haven't. But this Mario Kart tour sounds pretty interesting because someone said it's just like Mario Kart. Right now, the thing that because it's like you know Mario Run, I played for less time than I played the Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. Now I'm wondering if it's just like they're it's them slowly working on what or how to kind of perfect the games on the mobile devices or if there this is kind of another company that Nintendo's kind of yeah, we'll give you some money, go ahead and just go with it and stuff, but it isn't really like their main focus. No, I th I think I think this is like we talked about a while ago and one of my predictions that i kind of had hoped nintendo was going to do I, I think with the, the the increase in power from mobile devices i think nintendo is very wise to start branching out 
to those platforms and not just I mean the switches sound like hotcakes. Sure. But why not tap into the one billion customers that already have smartphones? Yeah. And, you know, you get a you get a percent. Well, I know that cuts into I mean that's probably why they can't bring like big games or they won't bring big games because that'll cut into their console sales. Yeah, yeah, but that goes into questions too because Nintendo owns all their own IP. It's not like somebody else is making the game for them. Sure. I wonder I wonder like I wonder how much money they really are making on the hardware. You you know what I'm saying? Like say well they are making that, a profit I think on each one of these switches now finally. Yeah, yeah, but say you know, say they're making $10 on them when they could in turn turn around and release the next Zelda on Switch and on ios and android and now you know like i don't have to buy a switch but you know maybe i'll drop 30 dollars or 40 dollars on the new zelda if it runs on my you know on your phone my phone Hmm. it's interesting especially because with being connected with your phones and stuff in the cellular service you could probably get into that whole azure thing type thing or type play as well too with the games being saved up there and you just kind of streaming the yeah, yeah. and I don't have I don't have it in the notes, but that's a good that's a good segue thing too. They they also tweeted the Nintendo online service was mm-hmm. gonna be available in September twenty eighteen, but no other details. People still wanted to know a bunch of details on it, but sure. Okay. All right, uh, another breaking uh news. Uh it's part two. Nintendo partners with Illumination to make a Mario movie. It's official in the tweet from Nintendo. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be co-produced by uh, Shigeru, or yeah, yeah, Shigeru uh, Miyamoto and Chris uh, Melodandri. Melodandri. Yeah, so so just for people listening, Chris Melodandri is the executive producer. He is pretty much responsible for all the Illumination stuff, which is you know, Sing Minions, uh, Despicable Me. Uh, what else do we have here? But we'll go further back. I mean, he did. Uh, the Lorax, which is one of my favorites. Yep. Um, Horton Hears a Who. He did the Ice Age. He did Robots. Um, he even did some, you know, other movies like Sister Act, Cool Runnings, stuff like that. <laughs> so, okay. So this is uh this is the big deal. This is uh maybe the Mario movie everybody's been wanting. Now, since it's partnering with Illuminations, I'm going to assume, as I think you're kind of assuming as well, that it's going to be animated. Yes, but I'm going to throw a wild prediction twist in here. Um, what if it's the new generation version of like Who Framed Roger Rabbit and it's live action live with action Mario? With, merit, with, yep. with animation built in. Huh. I'm just trying to think of the storyline and stuff that they'd be going with. I mean, there's the old movie, what, what have King or Captain Luau that was in there? Or was that just the uh, cartoon version that had him kind of doing the live action parts of the intros and outros? I'm trying to remember. I'm drawing a haze on that. I think that was just the cartoon, and he did the intros and outros because it was him and some other skinny dude. It was Luigi. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm just I'm trying to think of how if it would just be Mario and Luigi and any of the characters that would be animated and, and what they would be doing in a real world, or yeah, because well, they'd have to have Bowser and stuff. Too. I, I guess like Smurfs. Smurfs is a you know Smurfs had live action and Smurfs you know in it so. Oh, that's right, because Smurfs is supposed to take place in a kind of mythic like realm in the woods, right? Yeah. But then they work their way into the city. Yeah, and Gargamel was like a live-action person. Uh, okay, okay, I gotcha. Hmm, that's interesting. All right. 
All right, moving on. Sorry. Uh, multi-platform news. Uh, Lego games based on the Incredibles and DC comic book villains are reportedly in development. Uh, Lego game developer TT Games is working on the Incredibles and DC's comic book villains, which are potentially arriving sometime this year. Uh, the Incredible game is said to be titled Lego Incredibles 2 and will be, oh, sorry, will tie directly into the upcoming film sequel, which opens in theaters uh, June 15th. As for the DC Villains game, uh, the project will focus on DC's Rogues Gallery, uh, with the Joker, Lex Luthor, and Harley Quinn said to be featured. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. Yeah, what video game, uh, what Lego game do you want to see? Ooh. Other than these two. Yeah, well, I mean, it seems like they've been, like, comic book heavy. What else did they do? Pirates. The Lord of the Rings. Yep, they did the Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, here, I got one. Um. Uh, Maybe it's already out there and I just don't know it. Uh, Harry Potter. No, I was just gonna say, did they do a Lego Harry Potter? I couldn't remember. I think they did. I, no, they totally did. Yes, I did played they? it. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. Because I was gonna say, that's a pretty monster franchise. Right, right, just right. Waiting to. Uh, hmm. Interesting. Uh, I can't really think. I'm trying to think of what would be a another Lego game that would really. Could they do like a Lego Toy Story? Or. I, I don't see. I don't think Lego could. Ever, part of me, like in the back of my head, Lego like, Game of Thrones. I would love to see a really cool, like Lego Call of Duty style. But I think just by association, they could never do it because kids would want to play anything Lego. Sure, yeah. Uh, but kid friendly. I I, I almost well no. I mean, if there is going to be a borderline adult style game, I'll, I'll go with you. I think a Game of Thrones world done with lego could be very interesting but i just don't know how you approach that or do it yeah, what kind to of game plays in there well well for kids i mean it could very much play like a lord of the rings type of thing sure but people like the adults like they know those characters and there's some raunchiness and some you know things that probably aren't appropriate for kids um, but, but yeah, they can that make would be playful play into it like they always do with any of their Lego games where it's just kind of brushed over. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. Where the, the right. adults know what happened at that scene, but they don't ever like make the comments so that the kids don't actually get to make the play or understanding into it. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's, I'll, I'll agree with that. Run that by your wife. Uh, see if she thinks the railroad wants to join up with Lego. <laughs> nice. All right. A uh, voxel based spinoff of Ark uh, titled Pixar has been revealed and will be entering Steam Early Access and Xbox Game, pa- uh, game Preview in March. Uh, the game is taking a lot of ARK's survival sim aspects, such, uh, dinosaur taming, such as dinosaur taming, crafting, base building, and multiplayer cooperation, and transferring them into a more kid-friendly package. Yeah, so... It looks like think- a Minecraft... I was going to say, for the listeners, it's it's like a mix of Minecraft and Lego, like, you know... Very blocky, voxel-based, and it's it's a play on the whole arc game. That's pretty crazy looking. Yeah, I mean, there's there's your Game of Thrones right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Got the dragons and everything. Hmm. All right, Electronic Arts has confirmed uh, previous reports that BioWare's upcoming game Anthem has been delayed to 2019, which we kind of mentioned last week, I think. And in its place, a new Battlefield game will debut this fall. Uh, yeah, you're, yeah. Concerned. Okay, because, I mean, they did really good with one. Well, concerned concern from this aspect, uh, 
I'm I'm happy they're gonna delay Anthem. Take as much time as you want. Right, I get it full, right. I, get it right, and I got a lot of sailing to do this year. Uh, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> two, um, I'm terrified for Battlefield because those poor developers probably were not expecting to go to go live this fall. Like, um, oh, imagine in front that of Anthem phone call. Well, no, no, no. Like, imagine that phone call. You. I mean, I would hope that it wasn't like a game for 2019 that they're like, oh, hey, you're going in 2018. Mm. Like, imagine how much stuff's not completed or needs work or. Oh, no, you're going to say it's going to be a four failure. I, I don't know. I, I, I just I, I'm assuming like there's going to be I hope it's not like a destiny where there's a lot of stuff that's like, oh, we'll DLC that. Like, mm, let's, uh, just, okay. let's just get the core Chop out it. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but now from the Anthem side of it, go ahead. Take, take as much time. I even, I'm a big advocate. They can release it in spring of 2019. Re- release it in the slow part of the year. Now, what's, uh, what do you think the Battlefield's going to be? Um, I've heard a lot of people wanting the bad company to come back. Um, but I would, I, I'm going to probably have to jump on the, uh, the bandwagon of recent for uh, some kind of Vietnam. Okay. Or... I don't know if they're going to touch it, but maybe the Korean War. Hmm. Yeah, there's not a lot of talk of that ever, it seems like. Anything. That would be interesting for storytelling alone. Yes. Yep. Just to get some of the backstory and stuff that's kind of untold or at least just not discussed in, you know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Korean Korean War could be. I mean, that was an intense war. Hmm. I was almost thinking they maybe they went back to, um, I don't want to say medieval, but. Civil War. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking, to be honest, with the little hey, flintlocks and shit like that. And Having played Sea of Thieves, I think you can pull off muskets. Right. Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. All right, sorry. Uh, so then uh, EA also confirmed with the uh, Anthem release. It will be released in uh, the first quarter of 2019. Oh, okay. There it is. So they're going to go early 2019. Yeah, and that the only reason for the delay was to be able to release the new Battlefield game this October. Okay, so maybe it was a, maybe it was that they were both on track for that, and they had to pick one or the other, um, and they just said, "Hey, let's give Anthem more time." So yeah, but the funny thing is, is I mean, Anthem's kind of been out, and you know, they've had they've had some traction now. Do you think this is just kind of more hype for it to just okay? Now you got to wait a I little bit. I don't longer. think it's hype. You know what? I honestly think it is. I think it's a. They saw a lot of things crash and burn recently with Destiny 2. Mm-hmm. And I think they may have seen the recent success of The Division after taking two years to get things right. Okay. So maybe it's they were slightly on the wrong track in two ways. And they they saw some correction and figured, you know what? Maybe this extra four to six months will really help us. And let's let's let Battlefield go in front of us. I'm wondering if it's going to hurt the sales of Battlefield or not. I think I think it'll help Battlefield. I think it could it could hurt Anthem, but I think Anthem being the new IP, um, you know, I think that will draw its create its own hype as it is. And sure, who knows? By spring 2019, maybe they're going to be a Microsoft owned uh, company. <laughs> Ooh, all right exclusive yeah nice all right let's leave it on that all right uh beer thoughts uh so yay i think i've got enough for one or two more glasses and i am going to fill it all right yeah i'm I'm dead empty 
Uh, this is a nice long segment, so I got to get another beer. So uh, I'm a yay as well in this 90 minute. Uh, but uh, let's get a new one, and uh, we'll be back. Hey, if you want to email us at thelotocouch at gmail.com or tweet us at thelotocouch, maybe we'll send something in return. You can download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. All right, we're back with questions from listeners. Calc, what are you drinking? Drinking a third mason jar of the homegrown lager from Victory Brewing, their new American lager. Right, and I've uh, changed it up. I am now drinking the Old Man from Southern Tier. It's a winter ale. I think I had it last week or two weeks ago. Last week, I think it was. Uh, it's from Lakewood, New York. It's in a brown bottle, and it's 7.5% alcohol. All right, our first question comes from at We Know Greg. Greg here. Loving the show when Kelk isn't on. Nice. I forget the Fox and Hound show. What about the Scottish Peg Leg show? Never mind that. Sounds stupid. Uh, either way, keep up the good work. Now for the business. I saw that a surgeon admitted to burning his initials into transplant patients' livers. Cool or not cool? Question mark. Uh, what would you burn into livers? Question mark. P.S. The doctor used an argon beam coagulator to initial the patients. So, what would you use? Hmm. All right, so the first one is, is cool or not cool? Uh, I'd say not cool. I'd say cool. Let's do it. For burning, the, uh, burning into patients' livers? Yeah. And then what would I, would you burn? I would burn mayor on the liver because I, (laughs) (laughs) and I would use like a cattle prod iron. (laughs) Just a tiny one. Yeah. Do it, do it up, you know, USDA (laughs) mayor (laughs) on the liver. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) All right. So I I don't think it's cool because it's, I mean, unless you get the fucking approval from the patients to start with because whatever. I mean, I know it's probably the liver will heal itself to the best of my knowledge, but. Hey, if you're going to screw off, go big, right? Yeah, I guess. Uh, What would I burn if I was going to do it? I'd probably say, um, you know, my initials and then was here. Would you do the little uh, mom with the heart symbol? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'd be the, you know, the, my initials and then was here. Then what would I use? To burn them, uh, I'd use a sonic screwdriver. <laughs> there you go. Nice. All right. Uh, thank you for the question at We Know Greg. Uh, our last question comes from at ATM Rageface. Some bearded hipster in Florida punched an ATM because it gave him too much cash. Uh, seems dumb to me, but understandable about punching in anger. Uh, I punch my troll dog collection when I'm pissed and sometimes kick my uh, my little pony collection too. But very rarely because I'm a, I'm a diehard brony. Uh, something must really get me pissed. All right. What do you do to relieve anger? Question mark. Huh. All right. So the picture is fantastic. Calc, oh, nice. it kind of looks like you at the bottom there. For listeners, it's a nice... Uh, is that a mug shot? Well, not that the- one. The one below it. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying it looks oh, like yeah, a mugshot mug yeah. of the of the stud that punched the ATM for and getting then... too much cash out. Yeah, um, <laughs> and then the picture below it is a a guy in a diaper with a a nook. Yeah, sit, sitting in a crib playing with some bronies, and he's got a brony T-shirt on, but it looks like Bro- it's uh, made for a a child small, but he's a full grown man wearing it with a diaper, they, like Cook said. They have medication for that, right? <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> they definitely have a place for that. Yeah, that's 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 great. Okay, what do, what, okay what, so what do we do to relieve anger? Yes, 
Uh, I'd probably say thank God for video games. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd probably say I, the older I've gotten, I, I do a pretty good job of maintaining anger. When I was younger and in, in high school and stuff, that's a whole different story. But. Yeah, I mean, it was the, the younger brother punching bag at that point for you. Right? <laughs> Walls, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, um, yeah, really, I, I really don't get angry if I do it. So I just go take a time out or like I said, I think video games. Right. Uh, I was I was going to say the exact same, same thing. It's um, probably a beer and, and a few shooting games and call it a day. Yeah, I mean, I I would like to at some point maybe upgrade to like a real firearm and go to a firing range. I think that'd be pretty cool because I know the couple times in life that I've shot skeet or something like that, uh, it's pretty uh pretty exciting. Like releases pressure. Sure. Yeah, I know. Like myself, if I'm you know depending on the situation, like uh, going out for a drive too helps me for some reason. Like a backcountry kind of road drive. Ah, just going there out you go. Listen to some yeah. music and just driving the roads, kind of you know, speeding around on some back roads where there's nobody else for a while, just some farmland type things and stuff like that. And just, you know, that helps release some stress for me too. Yeah, I was going to say for the listeners, we, we live out in nice farm country, nice and relaxing. So we can get some, some nice back road sprints in. Yep. So. All right. Thank you for the question at ATM Rage Face. All right. Well, that does it for the show. Uh, Coke, did you get a chance to even sip your beer yet? I did. Um... I've already drank like half of it. <laughs> Thirsty tonight. Yeah, it's good. I told you. Once once you get into it, it, it goes pretty smooth. All right. And still your yay? Yeah, I hope so. I, I think the food pairing, you're not going to follow it up with another one? Uh, I still I still do have quite a bit, but yeah, we'll see. All right. Uh, my Southern Tier Old Man, it's uh, it's tasty. I, I, I liked it the last time. It, it's that winter ale, but it has like a dark flavor to it, like a brown ale type of flavor. Um, if you get a chance, check it out, try it out. It's really, does, really it, good. does it make you want to yell at kids crossing your lawn? <laughs> um, yeah, I am getting older and crotchier about that. Oh, dude, my I wife, the, the hates friends w- coming in now. My wife hates when kids walk on the front yard. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't have a front yard to walk on, but it's like in the, in the back and stuff when they're here playing, um, like, oh my God, the, the one day, and this is just kind of off topic, but the one day, um, it was, it had snowed out. It was really freaking cold. There was some ice that had formed on the uh, the table on the back porch that I have. Yeah, it's a glass table. You know what I mean? The kid is using a terracotta pot to try and break some of the ice on my freaking glass table. Oh, I had nice. to poke my head out and be like, dude, on the glass table, do you mind? Yeah, and you're like, like, yo, genius. Like, huh? <laughs> I'm like, are you freaking joking? Dude, are you that thick? I don't know. Is it me being sh- old or am I just <laughs> you like... You should have handed him a hammer said, here, use this instead, you idiot. Yeah, on your head, you moron. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, that type of stuff. And I don't know if it's just me getting old and not having the patience for it, but I'm just like, was I that dumb when I was that age? But nah, I'm the same way, man. Also, you know, having two dogs, my dogs are pretty well behaved. I mean, one's right. got some anxiety issues, but nothing drives me crazier lately than surrounding homes that have dogs and they just put them out they leave them out there and the dogs are out there barking for like 10-15 minutes oh yeah my dogs start going crazy because i hear the other one bark and it's like come on you hear your dog either let them in or tell your dog don't bark you yeah, know, yeah give them a treat not to bark but yeah the other thing i've been watching my um, sister-in-law's dog for going on a month now and i mean i take her pretty much everywhere with me i mean she goes everywhere i go for the most part uh, and I walk her every day, like f- with Jonas to and from school. 
And, you know, I'm even when I've gone ahead and forgotten a bag, like I've tried to find one, and there's plenty of garbage on the roads and stuff everywhere you go that I found a plastic bag that was, you know, available. I always pick up the crap as best as I can when I go out. But there's so many piles of crap everywhere that people, I don't know, I'm like, do you just really not care? They just keep walking. They're like, yep, shit, whatever. It'll rot away. I guess. I don't know. It's amazing. But I mean, I find it out in my front yard and I get really mad about it. I mean, I say I don't have any front yard. I have a front planting bed. And I find it out in my planting beds. And it's just, I mean, I know it's like fertilizer and I'm not really walking in and around there. But I'm still like, okay, now I have to smell your dog's crap anytime it rains or something like that. I was like, come on. But Until summertime. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the show. Here we went on a little old man rant there. Thanks, Calc. Um, for let me show our age uh thanks guys for listening uh like i said if you have any things you want to clarify for us if we went and got anything wrong in the show that you guys heard let us know uh reach out to us um if you have any um feedback for our show with the um you know cutting out the tvs and movie thing if that was something that you guys really really enjoyed and you want to hear more of and you'd rather us do it like twice a month instead of the once a month thing that we're going to be doing now that it's the end of the month let us know you got to reach out, though. You got to hit us up at The Loaded Couch uh, on Twitter or at uh, www.theloadedcouch.com, or you can even hit us up at theloadedcouch at gmail.com. Otherwise, uh, follow Kelk at The Real Joe Kennedy on Twitter. Uh, he's, he's pretty good. He keeps in good contact with a lot of the gaming um, companies, devs, uh, you know, all those types of people in the know in the gaming world, as well as. Uh, do you get any car things in there? Yeah, uh, you didn't get like too much for tweets about cars, but I know you do follow some car uh, yeah, yeah. companies and stuff. Top Gear, and I usually get all the breaking news on the car stuff, right, so right. I look into that. Yeah. Uh, funny thing on the at Real Joe Kennedy, real quick before we go. Oh. Uh, somebody actually <laughs> like included me in an Instagram because it's also my Instagram yep. is at Real Joe Kennedy. So somebody thought I was Joe Kennedy the third, the congressman that gave the closing comments on the State of the Union. And they like, like hashtag wait, wait, me. Wait, wait, wait. You're not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> oh, that's too but, funny. But yeah, yeah. So reach out to I'm him. I'm starting to get confused by congressman. That's awesome. There's some good traction. You can tweet out. Let people know. Yeah, exactly. All right, and uh, myself, you can reach me at uh, scotchhound underscore lc on Twitter, and um, you can still reach out to Pigeon Peg like tell him how much he sucks that he's sick all the time at Pigeon Peg like. All right, guys, thanks for listening, and we will catch you next week. Later.